Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and workers' stories. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and are broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The waterfronts of Australia are astir with industrial unrest as big business flexes its muscles. Not since the 1990s Patrick's dispute has there been such a concerted effort by business and government to fillet the rights of workers. Later in the program, we talk to Martin Burns, Federal Secretary of the Australian Institute of Maritime and Power Engineers, the AIMPE. Over the last week, members of the AIMPE tugboat engineers withdrew their labour, 24-hour rolling stoppages affecting Geelong, Newcastle, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Fremantle and Kiwana. Martin Burns will explain the problem the members are having with their employer, Spitzer, later in the program. But first, the shocking use of private security guards by the US company Alcoa to remove protesting workers from the MV Portland after a picket of 60 days. Alcoa, a multinational with interests in Western Australian bauxite mines, alumina refineries and smelters, two dedicated port facilities in Kiwana and Bunbury, as well as 20% share in Dampier to Bunbury National Gas Pipeline, sacked the local crew of the MV Portland before Christmas, flagging that the local sea route from Kiwana to Portland aluminium smelter would now be outsourced to a flag of convenient ship. This happened after the Turnbull Federal Government gave the company a 12-month special licence in October to work outside the normal capotage rules that apply internationally where local routes are done by local crews. I spoke to Michelle Meyer, a National Officer for the Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, who was there in Portland on the Wednesday the 13th. Can you give us some background to what's been going on down in Portland at the moment? Well, today, obviously, um, we had a bit of a bit of an issue. Um, the uh, crew of the MB Portland was sacked 61 days ago, and they took a bit of a stand for Australian jobs. But last night, um, sorry, this morning at 1am, uh, 30 security guards uh, went on board the vessel and knocked on the doors of the cabins of the MUA members, woke them up from their sleep and pulled them out of their bunks and said, you've got five minutes to get off the vessel. It's time to go. So they were removed from the vessel and a foreign crew was brought onto the vessel and the vessel sailed to Singapore. Were they private security? We are unable to identify what security it is at this stage or who ordered them or whatever and they wouldn't wouldn't tell us who they were. Were they armed? They had um, baton-type torches and a few things around their belts, but um, as far as guns and whatever, we're, we're not... Um, not certain about that, no. Now, it would appear that um, for them to be able to do that, uh, they've been given some sort of sanction. Are you aware of where they've been given that right to do that? Uh, no. Um, the whole area is a maritime security zone. Uh, we don't believe that these security guards had maritime security identification cards or 
Port of Portland port passes or anything like that. We believe that they've circumvented all of the safety rules and whatever to get into that port. So whoever's organised the, the midnight raid, if you want to call it, um, has, has circumvented all of that stuff to keep it under the radar. The ACTU have put out a release saying that they believe that it must have been pre-planned and uh, there must have been involvement of the Department of Transport and Regional Affairs to grant a temporary licence for this. Have you Has your union got a view on this? Um, I don't at the moment. Um, all that's still up in the air and it's unclear and there's lots of things going on trying to, to ascertain these things, but um, certainly they would have either had to have had approval for somewhere or they were breaking the law. Now, as you were saying, uh, you guys have been standing up for local jobs. Can you give us a little bit more of an insight into what you've been doing? Yeah, sure. Just a background on the ship, I guess, is um, the MV Portland actually is a coastal trading ship which brings uh, alumina from Quinana in WA to Portland in Victoria and back again. That's all it does. It goes around the Australian coast. And under the current legislation and cabotage laws is that it should be an Australian crewed, Australian flagged ship that does that work. Um, the MV Portland is Australian crewed and was, was Australian crewed and Australian flagged. Um, but Alcoa chose to remove that vessel from service and seek a temporary licence from the Turnbull Federal Government um, to bring in a foreign crewed vessel called, well, there's been two now, Strategic Alliance and the Greenery Seas have replaced the, the uh, Australian crewed's work. Has uh, the cabotage laws changed in this country? No, they haven't. They were, they're still the same from 2012. The temporary licence that was granted should never have been granted under the currently existing legislation. Uh, we challenged that in the High Court and um, we were unsuccessful. Turnbull government should be revoking that licence immediately and it should be an Australian ship on that coast. So basically the present government is actually saying that they don't believe in, in local jobs? Yes, well, do they believe in any local industry? I mean, you've seen shipbuilding, you've seen all sorts of manufacturing industries go. Um, shipping industry is probably one of the less visible industries that we have. Our seafarers are the invisible workforce and uh, um, I think um, they've forgotten about a lot until something like this happens. People don't realise where, where the cargo comes from around our island nation and, um, and yeah, um, I guess the federal government, I don't know what sort of jobs they stand up for really. Now, how are your members feeling? They've been uh, holding out uh, uh, courageous uh, and well-supported locally uh, in yeah. their stance. Can you give us some insight into that? Yeah, it has been well-supported. I mean, our members are um, devastated, to say the least, um, shocked and just disgusted that this could happen in 2016 in Australia. You know, this is 98-style this is Patrick's lockout, you know, sort of behaviour. This is the Howard years all over again, and... Um, you know, all our members are in shock and, and just, just can't believe that, you know, our government would do this to its people and allow it to happen or allow big business to do this to its people. Do you have anything else you need to say? Uh, look, probably, um, you know, the amazing support of the of the other unions and the community of Portland itself and um, whatever else has been, what, you know, keeping, keeping the boys going on board. Um, you know, they really have done it tough. They've been threatened with all sorts of... Uh, legal action and, and whatever else because, you know, like the laws in our country don't allow us to protest anything anymore. So, you know, I think that probably just to pay tribute to the crew of the MV Portland because it's so difficult to take a stand for Australian jobs now and, and they did it and they did us proud and um, just, um, yeah, just a tribute to them. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for your time. Beautiful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Workers united will never be defeated!
Alcoa is a U.S. company which has been subsidised by Victorian power users to the tune of billions of dollars over the past few decades for the privilege of hosting Alcoa smelters at Port Henry and Portland. It will outsource the movement of minerals from Kiwana to the Portland smelter to a flag of convenience ship to save the company $6 million annually. A flag of convenience ship is a ship that flies the flag of a country other than the country of ownership. And the MUA has argued constantly that the corruption is rife in flags of convenience ships and that, uh, in fact, this is just a ruse for uh, ensuring that there will be very low pay and uh, no oversight in terms of the uh, conditions for the workers on the ships. Employment Minister Michaela Cash led with her chin and is reported to have said it is not for the industrial parties to pick and choose which orders of the Commission they will comply with. If the obligation to follow orders of the independent umpire is only seen as optional, then the integrity of the entire fair work system is put at risk. And with that platitude, Michaela ignored the question of the destruction of Australian jobs and any government involvement. Assistant Secretary of the ACTU, Scott Connolly, had this to say. Yeah, we're absolutely concerned about yeah, this turn of events uh, in this dispute and what it means for all Australian workers and seriously asking yeah, these questions as to the level of involvement of uh, the Minister, uh, Minister Truss, in relation to his responsibilities and equally the relevant authorities, including the Marine Safety Authority, in terms of the licensing of these uh, sailors. What is uh, the Australian government's responsibility, the legal responsibility, to the Australian workers involved in this dispute? Like any other Australian worker, the government has responsibilities to ensure that their legal rights are protected and their health and safety is protected and their persons are protected. The very fact that we have people physically dragged from their beds in their place of work is an outrageous violation of their rights and a complete failing of the Australian government to these workers and their families. If this was to happen to any other Australian worker, to any a member of parliament, if this was, you know, occurred to them, there would be an absolute uh, outcry of, uh, of what's happening to our workplaces. And yet we've had this occur down in Portland you know, just a matter of days ago, and we had the government you know, trying to sweep it under the carpet, these sort of aggressive tactics, the tactics that we haven't seen you know, in this society since those outrageous attacks on the waterfront some 18, um, almost 20 years ago now in terms of the last maritime dispute. And it's not OK that these sort of practices are in place. It's not OK that employers engage uh, security firms to escort people from their places of work, let alone that they do it um, in the dead at night. So that's an absolute failing of the government to these workers, as, as it would be to any other worker in these circumstances who were occupying their place of work, you know, exercising their rights um, in their workplace that, that, um, that hadn't been been overridden and the very human dignity of these people has also been violated or let down by, by our government. What uh, would uh, you expect to have happened in this situation? Well, you'd expect, and, and certainly the unions involved expected, 
that there would have been and should have been an amicable and appropriate settlement you know, to this dispute. There's always going to be you know, people uh, put out when these sort of things happen, and this is a very you know, uh, deep-held issue in terms of you know, the operation of shipping laws, the, the attempts by employers to, to bring in nothing more than cheaper labour to perform work by Australian seafarers. There could and should have been a better settlement to this dispute. There was conversations going on between the union and the employer involved, Alcoa, up until a few days before this dispute. Correspondence received uh, at the union that very afternoon, the afternoon of the evening that the workers were uh, dragged from their beds. There was correspondence indicating discussions to occur, and that, would have, that should have occurred. There should have been ongoing discussions, a settlement reached, and people given dignity and respect um, in their workplace. And, and should it have been a matter of them exiting that place of work, then dignity and respect in how they did so, not to be literally dragged from their beds you know, by these thugs um, in the dead of night. Now, there is a larger issue going on here, isn't there? There's an implication that there's a complicity between government and employers against Australian workers, especially in the relation to uh, overturning cabotage laws in Australia, but also the editorial on Friday the 15th of January from the Finn Review they say it, it is time unions realise that as an island nation competing in international trade, Australia cannot afford such a lack of flexibility and a failure to acknowledge reality. So do you think that they're actually creating their own reality and that everyone else is supposed to step into line? I, I think absolutely. There's a, there's a very uh, concerted and, and uh, organised uh, attempt by some elements and commentariats um, within within our country today, pushing an agenda that is nothing more than taking away workers' rights, lowering our living standards in this country, removing our wages and conditions to that end, and and equally, a complete ignorance of the fact that you have front page of the Australian today highlighting the fact that we've had the slowest income growth in 50 years, yet there's not a link to that. Um, incontrovertible fact in terms of income growth in this country and that wages are going backwards and haven't grown and kept pace for almost 50 years now and and their narrative that we should cut wages further. So it's a complete um, you know, agenda-driven um, mantra from some elements to pursue their agenda about eroding wages and conditions, attacking workers' rights, um, and a complete ignorance of the fact that you know, these realities in terms of wage growth, stagnation, you know, people's rights at work are real things, and equally an ignorance of the fact that you know, we have you know, today's report released equally about you know, 62 people in this world you know, own wealth than more than half of the population, half of the global population in terms of the inequality that's, that's faced you know, by workers in this country and globally. And the issues in relation to, you know, again, we have you know, the, the, the um, litany of Australian you know, companies that pay absolutely no um, tax dollars or contributions in terms of taxes you know, to, the, to the government coffers year on year. Um, the, uh, the, pop, the commentary continue to ignore these facts. Cabotage is about uh, uh, sovereignty, isn't it? So when, we, when they uh, major uh, 
mainstream newspapers and large companies try to reduce it to uh, all these people are just money grubbers and want their own, you know they're being unrealistic they're obviously removing any of the uh, traditional arguments to protect borders and a whole range of other things because in fact they're multinational companies exactly this is an issue about you know their their complete refusal to answer to anybody including the other countries that they operate in and make profit in, and an expectation that labour is an absolute commodity and should be traded as such without any consideration of what it means, what it means for the workers, what it means for their families, what it means for the communities, and what it means for the countries that those workers reside in. And in this country, the cabotage laws operate on the premise that you know, work performed within our borders and within our seas should be done so in accordance with Australian law, just like it is in hundreds of other sovereign countries across this globe. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. Tugboat engineers set off 24-hour rolling stoppages over unresolved enterprise agreement issues over the week, which have affected ports nationally. This is the first time since the early 90s that the Australian Institute of Marine and Power Engineers have had to ask their members to consider action of this sort. I spoke to Martin Byrne, Federal Secretary of the AIMPE, to explain what has been happening for their members. The tug engineers are taking protected industrial action under the Fair Work Act because we have not been able to uh, convince Spitzer Australia, the major tug company, uh, that they should change their position and stick with the existing structure of enterprise agreements in the tug sector. For 20 years or more, we've had separate enterprise agreements for engineers on the tugboats, and we want to keep it that way because we believe that's the only effective method whereby we can look after the interests of the engineers. Now, what they're talking about is having a single... Uh, arrangement that uh, includes your area and uh, deckhands and other uh, and uh, tugboat skippers, isn't it? Isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's that's uh, something that we've argued with the company uh, about since October when they first announced this intention to us. Um, we haven't been able to convince them um, across the bargaining table, and so we've resorted to the other mechanism that's available under the Fair Work Act of taking protected industrial action. We had a, a ballot amongst our membership uh, before doing this and over 90% of the tug engineers supported that ballot. Um, but even that result in the uh, ballot by the Australian Electoral Commission was not enough to uh, convince Spitzer to change its stance uh, instead, they reacted by sending out the combined agreement to all employees to vote on it. So what's happening now is that in addition to the protected action which is taking place in eight major ports around Australia today, we're also recommending to our members and to all of the uh, other personnel in the industry that the, this proposal from Spitzer should be rejected, that the um, members should vote no and that uh, the... 
company should be have its proposal rejected. Now, for people who aren't part of your industry, can you give people an idea of how large this company is and how uh, it relates to uh, the tug industry in Australia? Spitzer purchased Adsteam Marine in 2007 and automatically became the largest tugboat operator in Australia. It's the dominant player in all of the major capital city ports on the mainland, uh, and it also is involved in a large number of uh, regional ports. Uh, there are approximately 18 major ports around Australia where large commercial shipping is serviced by Switzer's tugboats. The tugboats assist uh, vessels, ships, when they're coming and going from the ports. Uh, uh, on arrival, they assist them to... Uh, berth at the wharves and then on departure they assist them to uh, depart the port safely. The operations uh, or the duties of the tug engineer include the operation of all the ship's uh, engines and ancillary machinery, uh, the repair and maintenance of all of that mechanical equipment and also the engineers uh, help out on deck um, with uh, tying up and letting go of the tugboat and uh, securing um, mooring lines and um, and towage lines as well. Now, what does Fitzer think that they're going to achieve by putting everybody under one uh, agreement? The answer to that question that we've we've had from the company is is um, stability and job security. Now, our view is that there's been a lot of stability in the towage industry for the last twenty years, and we don't understand why you need to change the existing system in order to get stability and job security. We certainly don't, haven't seen any example at all of any positive contribution to the company's bottom line from the structure, changing the structure of the enterprise agreements. We've had big changes in the Australian towage industry in the past. There was a time when there were five or six people in the crew on a tugboat uh, that came down during the 90s to a uh, standard manning of four people. And then in the early 2000s, it reduced again to the position now where the standard crew on a tugboat is three people, a tugmaster, tug engineer and a deckhand. Now, we could see in, in those step changes major financial benefits to the company and therefore shareholders. It was Adsteam Marine at the time, by the way, that was implementing those changes. We could see major change, um, a major positive impact on the company's bottom line from doing that. They were able to obviously reduce their labour costs, reduce their operating costs. However, we can't, cannot see any financial benefit to the company or the customers by this move. Uh, we think uh, there are no benefits at all, and we can certainly see a downside for our members in that their ability to control their own destiny, their uh, influence over the conditions that are particular and specific to engineers in the enterprise agreements will be um, subject to uh, control by others and, and not directly and exclusively by engineers. Oh, that's interesting. So that will be uh, have uh, knock-on safety issues, I presume? Uh, well, potentially it could down the track. I'm not saying that this is a safety matter. I'm saying that this is a matter really for uh, the, the independence of tug engineers in the towage industry in Australia. Um, the Australian Institute of Marine and Power Engineers has been around for over 130 years. We were founded in 1881 and we've been looking after the interests of marine engineers 
around Australia ever since then, um, and part of the profession of, of the marine engineering is is to ensure the safety of all vessel machinery and equipment. So um, we've got a, a strong eye to the safety outcomes in the industry, but really this is about the issue of uh, the independence of, of the marine engineers and, and their ability to look after their own uh, terms and conditions um, for themselves and, and not to have those dictated by other parties. So uh, it, it's what's on, what specifically uh, are you worried about? I know it's about independence, of ma- uh, putting onto the table the things that are of uh, importance to your particular members. Uh, what are those kind of uh, issues that could be different for the engineers than for the skipper or the deckhand? Well, the things that, that uh, I've pointed to out uh, during the, this whole saga have, have included things like uh, the engineer's duties requirements, the um, qualifications for recruitment uh, and selection procedures. There are also clauses which apply to all tug personnel but which are of specific interest and concern to the engineers. I'm thinking here of things like the emergency maintenance allowance and um, hours of work for planned maintenance and so forth. These things apply to all personnel. However, they have a uh, specific and a greater impact on engineers than on others and we would not be interested, we are not interested in trading off those conditions uh, for pay or additional leave or, or any other benefits. We've negotiated those terms and conditions over many years. Uh, in fact, ever since enterprise bargaining was introduced into Australia in the 1990s, we've had separate standalone enterprise agreements for tug engineers. Where do you think this uh, dispute's going to go from here now that uh, you've taken well, it to this Well, our stoppage finishes at midnight tonight. The um, employees of Spitzer Australia uh, are voting on the company's proposal right now I understand that's over 600 people voting on the on the proposed combined agreement as I said before we've recommended to our members that they should vote no uh, and um, we're hoping that uh, that they will do that uh, we're also hoping that some of the other employees in in Spitzer might listen to the arguments that, that we've put forward about uh, the desirability of uh, the current structure which is one enterprise agreement for each of the three groups being retained. That's it for Stick Together this week. Thanks to you for listening in. We have to thank Michelle Myers from the MUA, the Maritime Union of Australia. We have to thank Scott Connolly from the Australian Council of Trade Unions, the ACTU, and Martin Byrne from the AIMPE, or the Australian Institute of Marine and Power Engineers, for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.